Welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave and Connor. Dave Stevens, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Perpanzi. Another Zoom cast on this uh, July 5th, which is technically the observed holiday of 4th July. 4th July was yesterday, so many people have today off because when you have a holiday on a Sunday, they kind of do the observed thing on Monday. So um, that's why we're recording this podcast this afternoon. It is flipping hot outside, and uh, I think a lot of us are um, coming off of hangovers from yesterday. I don't, I'm not, but you know, if you went out and did anything, I know I went to my parents' house and had a little barbecue over there, and my brother and his kids and wife came, and my aunt and uh, her husband and their kids came, and uh, one of my other cousins came along, and it was uh, good to be back together with everybody on a holiday for the first time in like forever. So, uh, you guys do anything fun yeah um so the wife and i went up to gull lake up in niswa um my mother-in-law has a cabin up there so we hung out on the lake had some drinks uh went some did some swimming watched a few fireworks in the fourth um just kind of it was it was kind of low-key for the most of the weekend uh but it was fun we got some uh uh we got some hanging time with uh, some other family members from across the street as well because they have a cabin right beside um uh my uh father-in-law's brother nice uh so um so that was fun we got to hang with them and um uh yeah it was, overall it was a great fourth it was awesome good deal dave what'd you do Oh, I, uh, I had a good 4th of July weekend myself, too. Thank you for asking. Uh, I, I stayed kind of in town, around around and in town. But, uh, yeah, I had a really good 4th. Ended up going down to a uh, barbecue down in uh, kind of the South Minneapolis Longfellow neighborhood at a friend's house. Did a little barbecue over there and uh, had some games and festivities and celebrations. And then actually ended up going to meet a friend of the podcast, Johnny, out at, at the St. Saint Paul Saints game last night. And yeah. of course, they had a big uh, firework uh, spectacular after the game. And uh, as well as a bunch of food trucks out on the field, they actually let everybody out onto the field. You know, you walk wow. all throughout the outfield. They had all the food trucks lined up mm-hmm. around the uh, warning track. And mm. then uh, after the game, that is. And then, yeah, then they had a really good uh, firework show. There was a little technical difficulties, but it was a pretty impressive uh, show all, all around. So, nice. yeah, and I hadn't... Uh, yeah, it was, I hadn't seen fireworks in a couple few years, obviously, with last year, but then I didn't make it out in 19. So, yeah, it was good to see. Yeah, and good good to get out in town a little bit and uh, enjoy the uh, festivities. So, yeah, great uh, fourth, of week, fourth of July weekend. I meant to uh, ask you or Johnny to uh, look at uh, the Saints jerseys at the store there because mm. they just released their road jersey with the St. Paul on the front. And uh, I wanted I want that like so bad. But yeah, I've, I've always liked their hats. I, in fact, I have mm-hmm. a Saints hat and I've always liked their particular styles. And like mm-hmm. y- yesterday they were wearing kind of, I think, a, you know, Independence Day uh, sure. alternate. With yep. stars yeah. numbers, so, but yeah, it was excellent. Now that and we've talked about, it, I think on this is it's, it's kind of cool to see uh, former twins, future twins, you know, coming through the system now that they're mm-hmm. the uh, AAA affiliate of okay. the twins. So. Uh, now, how's the uh, parking down there? You know, it's not bad, honestly, because, you know, I mean, if you haven't been down there recently or at all, it's down in the lower, lower town uh, neighborhood. It's real. it's a great spot for the stadium, CHS field, because in lower town, 
uh, downtown St. Paul, basically, you've got a lot of bol- uh, bars like the Bulldog, I was going to say, and I think the Barrio is still down there. There's just Mears Park is down there. Just a really nice pl- place to be. And actually, I saw Barrel Theory Brewing, who we featured on this podcast, at least uh, part of a collaboration. So I hadn't didn't get a chance to go in there, but at least saw exactly where it was. And then as far as parking, Tony, because it's right downtown, there, there's, you know, you know, satellite lots, parking lots available sure, relatively sure. close to the stadium. But there is just a plethora of parking ramps. So if you don't mind walking four, five, six, seven blocks, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't, then there's just a huge number of parking ramps. Okay. lots that you can park in so yeah parking is really a non-issue as long right. as you don't mind dri- driving down into downtown st paul nice well the last time i've been down in that area was for a podcast one of our oh. first ones uh back when we were, what was the name of that place it was the german wasn't it the german bar what was it uh was it oh, the world of bavaria beer? no bavaria. it was yeah it was some weird it was a german name um and we ended up doing a podcast there and uh it was during the world cup and watched the Germany game beforehand. And then we did the podcast afterwards and they were super nice to us. The owner was like super awesome. And then we found out, what was it like six months later, they closed. I mean, it yeah, was like, sadly yeah, not, yeah. Uh, not there anymore. Yeah. But uh, they had great German beers and it was, it was fun. So, um, well guys, we all have beers that we're drinking today. Uh, I think, I think all of us have new beers. Dave, you have new beer? I do. Um, okay. New beer, uh, uh, not a new brewery, but it's a brewery well, that I like. Okay. All right. So, we'll, start, we'll start with you then. Go ahead. Further ado, I, uh, I, I got a beer from Bent Paddle Brewing Company up in Duluth, Minnesota, of course. And uh, this time, I, I mean, first of all, I should say I love Bent Paddle has been on my radar uh, for a long time, even when I was just getting into craft brews because I've been a huge fan of their uh, cold press coffee ale. Um, so I love that. I always, always think of uh, Bent Paddle. Uh, in that way but uh, this time something really caught me uh i got their tropical portage and it's, it's portage is spelled p-o-r-d-i-j but uh kind of a tropical note but it's an india pale ale with uh, coconut and pineapple so mm-hmm. this kind of jumped out as me at me is like maybe like a super refreshing like especially summertime uh beer just because of the tropical accent and the coconut and pineapple i almost you know it's kind of puts pina colada maybe into your mind maybe even like uh what was that uh, captain morgan parrots bay that kind of uh liquor oh yeah old school, parrots, old school parrots bay wow there's probably some Ugh. higher end uh tropical uh, rums you could buy but that one popped in my head but fortunately fortunately the taste does not remind me of parrots bay no <laughs> uh this the taste is like i said really really refreshing um it's it's very heavy on the hops i'd say it's it's got the uh, it's got Sultana, El Dorado, and Cascade hops, so it's pretty heavy there. But it's even though it's heavy, it's got a very hoppy aroma and taste. Uh, it goes down light, even consider it's six point three percent alcohol, so it's it's not exactly a light beer, but it has a light feel to it, a light taste, and and most importantly, just a refreshing taste. So yeah, this one by Bent Paddle. This I should say it, it's part of their Rotator series, so it's not something you're going to see constantly in the stores. But uh, hopefully, it comes around again through the rotation because this is great. I love it. Yeah, good deal, man. Uh, Bent Paddle, uh, it's in Duluth, of course, but they also, if you ever guys ever go to the Hinkley, and I don't know if it's still there. I, last time I was up there, which is probably three years ago, they had a Bent Paddle bar there, and all they served was Bent Paddle. And it was a Bent Paddle-themed uh, kind of brewery type of setup huh. in the in the casino. 
so you could get all the bent paddle you wanted to there, which was kind of cool. Uh, and I have to go to Duluth to enjoy bent paddle, you know, like a brewery type of scene. So oh, sounds yeah. sounds good. I'd, I'd love yeah. to love to go there if it's still there. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love to go to bent paddle too. I still haven't had the chance to, but oh, I do. I do want to say shooting back. We got to go all the way back to episode eight to get to oh. uh, when we recorded during the World Cup of 2018. Oh. And that was, we were at the Beer Garden, Germania. Beer Garden, Germania. Like, yes. like you said, Lower Town, St. Paul. Yes, oh, yes, yes. Wow. Yep. It was uh, fun times. Fun times had by all. Uh, Connor, what do you got for us today? All right. So I went a little out of state for mine because uh, this one is, I found, so my dad's uh, side of the family hails from a little city called Beloit in Wisconsin. Uh, it's a tiny little city right down on the bottom border of Wisconsin, uh, literally right on the border of Wisconsin, Illinois. And uh, I found out the last time I was down there for Memorial Day that they have a brewery. And you would never expect a city like Beloit to have a brewery, but we went out, we checked it out, and we uh, got a few of their beers, brought them back with us. And I'm drinking one of those right now. They're called, it's called G5 Brewing. Uh, that's the name of the brewery. And I'm drinking what is called their Juice World which is a hazy triple IPA. Oh. And uh, so we've got, uh, we've got a little uh, description of the beer right here. It says, our general manager wanted to take a stab at one of his favorite styles, a triple IPA. This beer needed more body, more ABV, more juice character, more of all IPA things. Easy, right? Well, we love challenges and, that, and decided that, is, that less is more. With a simplified grain bill and a tad more oats, this beer's color and texture are just right. Then we hopped it, and hopped again, and hopped again. This triple IPA packs notes of pineapple, stone fruit, and citrus. Uh, one of one too many of these beers will have you seeing shadows in your room during lucid dreams. Um, and uh, get ready for this. The ABV is 10.8. So, Ooh, God. Is, so it kicks your ass. Yeesh. Yeah, but it's it's good. It's oh, it's very very fruity and citrusy. I would I would definitely when they say it's hazy, they they're not kidding. It's uh, it, there's a lot of fruit taste to it. <laughs> well, now speaking of Beloit, Connor, Dave and I have been to Beloit before. We Is that were, right? We yeah, uh, we've stayed, years, we've stayed, we stayed in Beloit. Stayed, stayed overnight. Really? Yeah. So we uh, went. We had a little trip down to uh, Chicago. This was years ago. It was me. Uh, uh, Dave and, and our friend Nels uh, went by car down to Chicago, and uh, so we stopped in Beloit on a night to watch the Twins, their uh, single A affiliate, the um, the Beloit they, Snappers. Well, they had at that point they had moved to I think to Cedar Rapids, but they were playing in Beloit. Yeah, oh, I think I think, that, I was think that was they they jump around a bit, but yeah, you're yeah. right, Connor. I, I'm almost certain that the Twins have had a, a single A affiliate in Beloit. Right, yeah. Uh, but yep. I, yeah, I think yep. you're right. I think it was the kernels of what did you say, Cedar Rapids? Cedar Rapids kernels, yeah. At, at the yep. time, yeah. But it just yep. so happened, yeah, Cedar Rapids was playing at Beloit. Worked out perfectly. We could yep. stay a night in Beloit uh, yep. on our way down to uh, Chicago. And yeah, mm-hmm. I should say, I ended up pulling a four hundred dollar pull tab uh, at in a Beloit bar. I couldn't there tell you. There you go. Yep. So yep. yeah, and Beloit, Beloit is a town that I I've certainly we've I've only stayed there though at one time. Oh, and I and I've stayed. No, I should say now t- at least twice. I've stayed there for work before, and uh, I certainly travel through there. You know, when I'm working. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But did it have anything to do? They have a huge Hormel plant down there. Was that what you were down there for? 
It wasn't. It was not. It was not. I'm more on the dairy end of the spectrum, but uh, ah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So uh, we we have some history in Beloit ourselves. Um, it was good. I think it was also. Uh, I think it was also like dollar beer night there at the uh, Beloit Snappers. If I'm memory serves me correctly, so it yeah. was a it was a good time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great beer. I have a new beer from I think I don't I think I don't think we had this on the podcast before. It's from Junkyard Brewing Company, or uh, yeah, Junkyard Brewing Company in Moorhead, Minnesota. It is their Wicked Awesome Slurry, and it is a New England. What is it? New say New England style double IPA. And it's uh got and if you guys can see the can, this is why I bought it because there's a there's a girl getting hit by the slurry on the can. I don't know what's going on with that, but it's cool. The the cartoons on these cans are cool. That's what kind of jumped it out. Uh this bad boy, of course, it's like I said, it's a double IPA, comes in at uh I think it's 8.4%, which is you know, not as it's on not the as, high end. That's crazy. Yours, Connor, but still kind of on the high end. Yeah. And it's uh, the hoppy, this hoppy brute is brewed with wheat to soften its body and features Eureka and El Dorado hops. And uh, they call it the slurry monster. And that's all uh, it really says, but it's, uh, it's fantastic. So this is a hop forward podcast. And I've, yeah. you know, like I mentioned, I've, yeah. I've also got some of the El Dorado yeah. hops in, in my uh, Ben Paddle Portage. So. Well, and, and I, I'm drinking that right now, but I did want to bring up, so I went to the liquor store and for not the 4th of July, but for uh, Saturday, I had fireworks at my house, the cheap, crappy, well, they're not cheap this year, but the kids like the little fireworks, you know, the jets and whatever. And so I picked up a, I finally found a case or a 12 pack of Kranken Foamers uh, from uh, Fair State uh, Brewing Brewing Cooperative. And it's their, basically it's their, their, uh, their, Americans, they call it the American Slammin' Beer. And uh, you can find this in 12 packs. It's 4.5%. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah. yeah. And I, I can never find them anywhere. And wherever I go to liquor store, I'm always looking for them. Well, they had one pack left at my liquor store. So I picked that up. And uh, yeah, I had about six of them the other day. And uh, awesome. Yeah, I've definitely, yeah. definitely seen those, especially when it helps when you fill the can, although it mm-hmm. doesn't help for the listeners. But yeah, I've never tried it, but I've seen it around. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was, uh, I picked that up and uh, yeah, good beers. So on to some news, some breaking news, guys, uh, just from today. And that is the fact that MLS came out with their uh, conclusion of the investigation of the alleged incident uh, between Minnesota and Portland, which we talked about on the podcast last week. Uh, this was the Fragapane Chara uh Something Frank Pony said something to Chara. Chara, we all know the story. Uh, Major League Soccer came out today and said they have concluded some investigation into an allegation that a Minnesota United Soccer player, United player, used racially abusive and offensive language directed at another player during the team's match on June 26. Immediately after the match, MLS opened an investigation into the allegation outlined in the referee match report and communicated through public statements made by Portland team officials. MLS can conducted a thorough review of the incident, which included interviews with the match officials and players, as well as examination of all available audio and video footage from the match. While MLS found the allegation to be made in good faith, the league could not corroborate or refute the allegation. 
MLS will use this moment to reinforce its commitment and the commitment of each of its clubs to an environment that is free from discrimination or harassment and treats all participants with respect and inclusive, inclusive, inclusivity. Yeah. Hate that word. I don't hate that word. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would have butchered it a lot worse than that tone. MLS mandates that all players complete annual non-discrimination and anti-harassment training, which takes place during the preseason. Clubs are required to ensure that all players who arrive after preseason complete such testing and any players who have not done so must do so promptly. Clubs that do not comply with this policy will be subject to league fines. So really what this says is we did all the, the investigation we could. We couldn't find out if he said anything or didn't say anything or what he said or whatever. So inconclusive. So that's that. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. Or game over from MLS's standpoint. I think the loons put out a thing statement a little bit after that one saying, you know, here basically saying what the MLS said is this, and we are, you know, da, 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 and it, they did all the things they needed to do. Um, so with that said, um, I'm looking at this and saying, case closed. It, it, it's over. We can we can move on. Um, if this comes up again, then we have problems. Right. Um, but unless you're going to go to extremes and start miking everybody up in, in whatever, these kind of things are going to happen. Um, so the best you can do is have education, things of that nature. Um, I know social media is kind of going off again today about this announcement. I'm not going to get into that because everybody's got their own opinion and what have you, but uh, they did what they had to do. And that's that. Now. Yeah. I, I mean, at the very least, at the very least, I think this hopefully will act and serve as a wake up call to everyone within the league, especially the players, just to say that, you know, yeah, in this particular investigation, they, they didn't find any proof. And I don't think that was too surprising just given the fact that, you know, the referee didn't hear anything, you know, none of the other players heard anything that was kind of clear, apparent very early in this investigation, at least from, and you couldn't see or hear anything on the broadcast. So I don't think it's a big surprise, but I think it is, you know, at the, like I said, very least, at least the MLS didn't waste any time in announcing the investigation. It took about a week. I'm sure they did everything they could. And it just say, if you're a player in this league, let's say, whether you're an, you know, a, a, a domestic player or a player from another country, like uh, Frank Capone, you know, maybe this is your wake up call to, Hey, you know, Hey, I better, I better learn the rules here. I better learn what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And again, exactly. I'm not throw, I don't want to throw Frank Capone in the bus. I don't want to assume that he said anything. I'm just saying in going forward, let's let this serve as a wake up call that the MLS is not going to just roll over and take things lightly because I have no doubt that if they did find, if they did find some audio somewhere, you know, even wherever that might've been on a sideline mic that they have for the odd broadcast, or they've in turn found a player that did collaborate the story, you know, I'm sure MLS would have taken the appropriate actions. They just didn't oh, yeah. find any, any proof. And so unless you're willing to punish a player on the basis of an accusation accusation only, which it's clear that the MLS isn't willing to do, then, you know, right. okay, let's move. We need to move on and, and just know that they will take it seriously going forward. Right. Exactly. And in a situation like that, you know, a, a rumor is just not enough. You have to, um, I mean, if I'm, I'm, when you break it down, um, 
I think we all we all don't think that uh, Diego Chara would ever make something up like that. Um, but when you're to, when you're talking about uh, the Fragapani side of it, when you don't find any when you don't find any evidence of it, then you have to just work with what you're given. I mean, you uh, you guys said it, the MLS uh, did its investigation. Um, you uh, and they didn't find any evidence, so. Uh, at that point, um, if Fragapane, if uh, Fragapane, if they're willing to punish Fragapane just because of a rumor, then I think that's a problem within itself. Yeah, um, you can't, you can't do that. You just no, can't. You can't. You can't do no, it. absolutely, you can't. Uh, and that's why this. I, I mean, I see a couple of comments out there on social media saying that, hey, you. Uh, um, I mean, this is just. Uh, this is this is just. It's another count of racism, and you. The, the, but the truth is you don't know that yeah, uh, and yeah and uh you i mean until we get the evidence and if and if there is evidence showing otherwise then yes absolutely he should be punished but if not if there's no evidence then we don't know what we don't know right. yeah yeah so there, there it is uh, it is what it is i'm sure there'll be more conversations about it but at least for now we can move on and uh hopefully it doesn't rear its ugly head once again yep um so guys we had a game on Saturday night, it was against our friends from uh, the San Jose Quakes. Yeah, and I, I love the fact that it was uh, two years ago to the day that they on it would, it would have been July third, two years ago in 2019. They played San Jose in Allianz Field. I That's right. Allianz. Yep. Yeah, and that was a three to one winner for our loons. So. Yep. Yep. So a um, little bit. I mean, some uh, roster stuff this week, guys. Uh, Robin Lud and Roman Metnir both went to their respective countries to get their green cards. So they were gone this week and there was a chance they would not be back. Well, Metnir for sure was not going to be back. Um, that was earlier in the week. It was said he, there was really, it was a long shot, but Robin Lud, there was a chance he'd be back, but he ended up not being back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And whether so, he was back or not, he was not available. He was not available. Right. So, then, so what there was only, that being said, though, I mean, it, it, you know, we can't wait, especially most of us can't wait to have uh, Robin Lude back, you know, back and hopefully starting out right one would presume. But, uh, you know, that being said, the because of the new acquisitions made by the team um, and, you know, Retalia coming back and not, you know, dealing with green card issues, but he was yep. back from the Euros after starting all three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was only one change, one change in the lineup because of Metnir, of course, Tony, you mentioned it. So they had Retalia sliding over to play uh, right back, which I thought was interesting too, because, you know, he hadn't played that position for the loons anyways, but, you know, like I said, at the euros, he played, he started all three matches and played on that right wing for, I'm sorry, you know, right back for, for the Finns. So. Well, what's right. interesting about it was um, the Hassani Dotson situation. So Hassani is really, and we've talked about this has really kind of put himself in that midfield position as a partnership with Will Trapp and has worked, it has worked fine. Um, I thought maybe Heath would send him down and put him in the right back position and put uh, Gregus back in the middle because Gregus is back from his uh, Euro um, duties. But no, uh, he decided to stick Dotson, same thing in the middle and deal with the back line with Retalia. Uh, on the right back so yeah great Tony yeah I mean I think well I don't know if that's great or not but a great point nevertheless is yeah I think that was our question mark coming into this game into this week is 
you know, there was an argument to be made and we made it that Dotson should stay out there in that six or eight spot. Uh, mm-hmm. Are we look at it and defensive midfielder anyways? And, you know, it, it is an eyebrow raiser, really. I mean, regardless of the fact that, I mean, the point, the fact is Greg is didn't play. He has not been playing his best this calendar year. And we've made a point of saying that, but still that being said, there's a lot of money on the books, you know, DP, he, you know, it is a bit of an eye raiser, but Hey, you know, credit to Dotson with his new three-year contract with the team and his quite frankly, his performance this year, I know it hasn't translated into a lot of goals for him, but uh, yeah, it, it says a lot, you know, going forward about how they view Dotson and, yep. you know, unfortunately how they, maybe how they view, view and- Greg is. Yeah, well, yeah, and uh, especially inside the system that uh, Heath uses for Dotson as well. When you've mm-hmm. got him in the defensive midfield like that, especially over the past few games, Dotson has really excelled. Uh, so I wouldn't be so surprised uh, because didn't they first, – first off, didn't they buy down uh, Gregor's contract? Is he not a DP anymore, or is that oh, uh, not happening? I could yet? be wrong about that. I do not have the roster. I don't know if he's a DP anymore, but he's still worth a lot of money. I mean, he's still making a lot of money for this team. Right. Um, that's one of the key things coming into this, this year was he's – I think he's in the top – at least three or four on this team in terms of what he, what his salary is. Right. Yeah, he's um, up there pushing a million. I want to say 800,000 yeah. something, something like that, but right. it's up there. Um, think- if you've got to, if you got uh, a player like Gregus, who is kind of uh, his play ethic has kind of been going down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then Dotson who has been going up, I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see Dotson starting even when Gregus is uh, returned to the team. I mean, he's, he's back. He subbed on last game, obviously, but yeah. he was on the bench and I wouldn't be surprised to, to see that stay that way because Dotson yeah. has really excelled in the I don't, in recent games. I don't think you'll see Jan play much this year, start much this year at all. Uh, him and Ozzy are kind of the, um, how would I put it? They're kind of the old guard now. It's kind of weird. We went from yeah. Ozzy and him being together and being a great match. And then all of a sudden this year it's Will Trap and now Dotson. And now they're kind of the new guys kind of in the midfield. Do you guys well, remember when we were, uh, we were picking our squads at the beginning of the year? Uh, I think uh, we all picked Gregus and then I picked Ozzy and you guys picked Trap. Nobody picked Dotson in that defensive true. midfield. And now look what's happened. Well, yeah, he's yeah. a young kid. I mean, he's yeah. got talent, man. Um, of course, you know, uh, uh, with uh, Lud being out, not available, Dave's favorite player, Nico Hansen, uh, gets a start. And he's Dave's favorite player, but he's also David Sterling's least favorite player. I uh, just want to mention yeah. that in case he's listening. Because yeah, and, and, and maybe like he him. will. I, I mean, I thought his, you know, he, he had missed a significant portion of the year, most of the preseason. And I, I, I thought his trajectory was going upwards, you know, as far as the last couple of games, I know maybe he didn't have his best game against Austin and maybe that would have been putting it lightly. Um, a lot of that was in the final third. I felt with the missed chances, but I felt like his, his confidence was growing. I mean, he was, he, he found himself tucking into the right positions, you know, from out from that le- uh, left wing spot or right wing spot, I should say. And I, I don't know. I just thought, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't pulling the trigger. He wasn't finishing well enough. He had some opportunities, some tough luck with some good saves, you know, especially against Portland, but yeah, I don't, I, I understand David's frustration with him, but the point is, I don't think we're in disagreement here and you, he's not my favorite player. Technically. I, I just liked what I've seen from him. Even I'm just not as critical as Sterling maybe, but I, we all agree 
that he's not the the frontline first team starter on this no. team once Robin Lude comes back. So yeah, that circles back to Lude when uh, when he comes back taking his uh, right wing job, and then I'm really excited when Robin Lude takes his position back to see that combination of a new up top, and then Fragapon in the left, Reynoso in the middle, and then Lude. Uh, on the right, I think that could be a dangerous attacking unit there. So we could see some uh, some high scoring games in our future. I think. Yeah, and then yeah. I think yeah, circling back to uh, um, before we get out of this lineup talk here, but yeah, circling back what's and going forward too, it kind of works. But circling back to Retalia starting out right on the right back spot in in place of Metnir, that's I, I think that's really good to see because as we all know, in the next week or two. You know, after Colorado, we're going to be missing uh, Michael Boxel, who will be on international duty right. uh, yes. with New Zealand for the Olympics. So now you're going to have a center back spot that we all kind of maybe assume that Retalia would slide into, but maybe that gives you a little bit more options. And I know it just gives you more options, knowing that Retalia can be outright. And Tony, you mentioned it, Dotson. We know Dotson can be outright as well. So maybe yeah. you see Dot, Dotson out in in the right back and Retalia in that center back spot. You know, and then. Because, because the only it's just more flexibility. Because then, don't you know? One of the only other alternatives is you know, um, Brent Coleman, who I think we'll see st- still. But at least you have a little bit more flexibility. And then, didn't we see DJ DJ Taylor not to get ahead of ourselves for the first time? Yeah, first time. So yeah. it's nice, even though you know Metnir. Hopefully, he'll be back. But we know Boxel's leaving. At least we might have a little bit of flexibility in that back line to uh, keep it uh, solid here over the next month or so. And I want to, I want to bring up something um, that I saw on Twitter the other day, and I don't remember who it was. They're talking about how we didn't get enough defensive, defensive backs. We didn't get enough in the off season to to have a good, you know, set of them in case people got injured or went off on whatever. I think we did, to tell you the truth. I do my too. my problem is, I think in the beginning of the off season, I truly believe that Heath thought Ike was coming back and he kind of held back a little bit on getting some more subs and replacements because he thought Ike was coming back. And you could see that in the beginning, because Heath was like, yeah, Ike's going to come back. And then all of a sudden he wasn't. And Heath was very frustrated about that. Well, and and how could you not be frustrating? Frustrated. His hands are literally tied because I mean, you know, he was on the roster coming into the season and he still is. Yeah. yeah, And he still is. And I get it. I get it. I I, definitely by now, as we sit here in early July, I understand that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be playing for the team, but I mean, it's, it's gotta be incredibly frustrating, frustrating for Heath and the front office, quite frankly, you know, that you have a, a salary of his, on this roster that's not contributing to the to the squad it, it is terribly frustrating well, what is weird too is that he's he's not on the injury report anymore is he is oh he's... i think he's just kind of a, a scratch pretty much I, I, that's what they do is they just scratch him off um and again i i truly believe he thought he'd be back and that's why they didn't go out and get anybody crazy uh for the midfield um cool. and with uh, with Having Debassi back there, it's nice. And then having Boxel there too, it's great. Uh, but having Ike would have been like, holy shnikes, right? And and it is, you know, and and what it, it makes you wonder how the team does feel about its backfield. You'd think it's relatively confident or or maybe not. I mean, they, they've loaned out Noah Billingsley. Um, yeah. Kimaguchi is loaned out. Well, if well. you're not and if you're not confident about your backfield. Uh, defensive backs then why are you loaning those guys out 
So you must be confident in the guys you have. Right. Yeah. The the only reason I was slightly hesitant there is if if truly those guys weren't say ready uh, for first team action, then what choice do you have? But yeah, I mean, you're right. They, they, they drafted heavily in the defensive line, you know, and they have the, you know, for the last couple of years that they have really. So, yeah. um, So let's get into this game guys. I didn't get a chance to watch the first half because I was lighting off fireworks for my kids and my niece uh for pre-fourth of july festivities and drinking a lot of uh crank and foamers so um the first half i don't really know anything about um uh, so all i see is uh well let me know i mean you guys watched the first half right right so basically we we start off with um i guess we just start off with the first goal right dave i mean it's uh san jose's uh san jose capitalizes on a uh, on a defensive mishap by Bakaya Debasi, um, who kind of took his time on a back on a back pass, you know, tried to pass it back to Tyler Miller, but San Jose, San Jose were very quick trying to get up to him, and uh, Bakaya Debasi underestimated uh, how far the uh, the San Jose player was, and uh, it quickly turned into kind of a two on one situation against the keeper, and the first goal was scored by uh, Caden Cowell, I think his name is. Yes, yeah. Cade, and, Cade Cowell. Cade Cowell. And can, can you guys hear me, by the way? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. I, I should mention I am experiencing technical difficulties over here in my uh, recording studio or my home. Uh, I, my power is out here currently, and in my entire development is out. And so I just lost our video feed for a little bit. But as long as wow. you can hear me, we are good to go. But I just wanted to be forewarn you guys, if, if I drop out, that could be the reason. But I'm using a Wi-Fi hotspot. So, so far, so good other than this little video. But yeah, to your point, Connor, yeah, it was really unfortunate. And I, I went back and had to watch the replay literally five, six times because I couldn't understand. It almost looked like... Uh, it almost looked like they San Jose just picked Tabasi's pocket. Like it really did. Yeah. Like it, I mean, he was trying to pass back to, to Tyler Miller and, and he was to be fair, you know, not to be fair to Debasi. Debasi clearly was not, you know, he he was too lackadaisical. He was too too casual about it. But yeah, I just like he, he looked like he was going through the motion and somehow uh they his pe- pocket got picked and you know this, you know, you gotta put it on Debasi and, and you could see. You know, DeBossi was the first to point out that that was his fault. It was his fault because Tyler Miller, you know, then after that, you know, he tried to come out. I mean, you could make the case that maybe he shouldn't have come out as far as he did. But, you know, honestly, if if Kid Cowell wasn't right there, then, yeah, I think uh, maybe he made the right choice there because he would have yeah. at, at the very least blocked a shot opportunity. But, yeah, no, it, it Cade Cowell, the 17 year old, just slotted it right in there. Boxel yeah. almost got to it. Boxel went he back. Did. Yeah. Um, just, just couldn't do enough. And that's why I'm not blaming anybody, but, uh, Debassi. unfortunate that they got themselves into that position, but, right. uh, yeah, yeah. just right. in seven, 17 year old, and he's been doing the most damage for San Jose because I should say San, and we didn't really mention this San Jose, they're on a, uh, seven game winless streak coming into this game. Uh, they haven't scored. I think they've been outscored by a huge margin, at least in the last two or three games. Mm-hmm. And so on paper, it was kind of a one-sided matchup, but wow. You know, yeah. San Jose on the road. Kinda, it's a trap. And it's a trap. It, yep. It, it is a trap it, game. hundred percent. You know, it was, yeah. yeah. You know, going back to Tyler Miller, you know, when, when he comes out of his goal, I, I think he does make the right move uh, regardless because what else can he do at that point? Mm-hmm. You've got no mm-hmm. Debassi in front of you who was trying to chase down uh, the ball that he lost and all, all Boxel could do was, 
try and cover the other half of the goal that uh, that Cade Cowell was shooting towards. And uh, so I think Tyler Miller did, did his job. So, and yeah, yes, you're, you're hundred percent right, Dave. I, you put that one hundred percent on Debassy. That's uh, a bad giveaway by him. And uh, again, a goal that we should not have given up. Which is guys uh, talking about uh, uh, Debassy here. Uh, when do we ever talk about him making a mistake? I mean, he rarely, oh, if I ever I makes mistakes. Time. I can't not often. And, uh, I made a mistake. Not often. I, I I don't. I think if you really want to get ticky tacky, I think you know. Obviously, he was another uh, player for this team uh, that was out for the first part of the season. Hence, you know, a gr- because of injuries. You know, excuses, excuses. I know, mm-hmm. but yeah, because of the O and four, or as a result of the O and four start. You know, Debassy wasn't there for those losses. You know, and once he came back, you know, and started playing, I think he he had a game or two where maybe he was shaking the rust off. You know, yeah. so he wasn't 100% technically sound, but yeah, no, we know him as a perfectly sound central defender. He has been since he got here last year. Um, so yeah, it was a bit surprising. It was just, like I said, I think it was just, it was a little bit lack of concentration, a little bit too casual, uh, certainly, but still, that's why I said I had to watch that replay five or six times because I still, how did, you know, the San Jose attacker get his get his foot around and right into the, per- you know, credit San Jose, you know, credit the effort from San Jose, but yeah, it is sad that uh, Minnesota's effort was certainly lacking on that first goal. And, you know, what a dream start for San Jose to on the road, you know, in a potential trap game, like you said, to be up one, nothing early, you know, that's what you want when you're on the road and they have it. So yeah, that, that was a tough way to start the game without a doubt. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at the feed here guys. And then I see something weird and the 29th minute, maybe you guys can tell me what happened. Uh, Kalman comes in for Boxel. Oh, yes. So um, I'm not sure exactly what happened here. I, I didn't see the incident that led to this, but uh, at, on the in, the in I think the pretty close to that minute, you saw Michael Boxall win a tackle and then just kind of clear it out of the field right around midfield, just on purpose into the stands. And then he sits down and it, it looks like he's hurt. Mm. Um, I don't know the details on that one. Dave, do you, do you know anything about that one? You know, no, I don't, I don't have anything further to add. I think you just, you described it perfectly there. And yeah, unfortunately I missed a good part of the second, second part of the first half and first part of the second half. But, uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say it was an injury substitution and what will be interesting. I know a lot, obviously a lot of Kiwis, uh, New Zealanders will be following this injury closely because, you know, clearly I, I, the way I understood it, that Boxel would have been available for Colorado on this coming Wednesday, but then after that, he would be off for international duty, like we said. So, uh, you know, boy, it would be great to see Michael Boxel in the starting lineup uh, against Colorado, but I don't know that he will be. He's faking it. Well, maybe he wants to stay in Minnesota. He wants to there you go. Well, maybe. And you know what? We could probably use his help over the next month. So oh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know whether he's faking it, but I, it is fair to say that the substitution oh. was clearly made for an apparent injury. Yeah. I yep. mean, I he's, guess that's all we know as we record. He's, I'm joking. He's not. I'm sure he's not faking it, but I'm sure conspiracy theorists could be like, oh, yeah, he doesn't want to go play in the Olympics. Cer- of, you know, certainly yeah. not. You know, re- never mind. Um, I'm not never mind the injury. I'm just saying whether you're talking about New Zealand international duty or you're talking about Michael Boxel's uh, future campaign with Minnesota United, uh, it, it's a scary situation because if you pick one, if you want to pick one or two key players for from the last, say, two years, three years, 
Boxel is certainly one of those names that has been there from the get go. And uh, wow, he, you know, the cat, you know, the captain, he's, he's a well, key piece of the team. He's, so. we, I like to call him the rock, the rock in the middle. Um, he doesn't get enough credit for what he's done. He didn't early. He, he did didn't earlier in his never career. Did. He definitely did. But well, he didn't. It's starting to come around now. It's starting to come around because I think he was uh, overshadowed by Ike uh, next to him for a long time. Uh, and then we have the situation with Calvo for, you know, whatever. And uh, now I think we're starting to see without Ike being there, I think we start to see what Boxel actually does in the middle. And people are starting to appreciate him a lot more than they used to. There are some yeah. people out there who have appreciated him the whole time. And I agree with them, but you're starting to see Boxel be the captain of this team and be right. the guy, you know, Yeah. Um, which is fantastic for us. Yeah, it's a, it's a very unfortunate uh, circumstance, though, to see Boxer go down like that. He walked off under his own power, so, you know, well, it good. doesn't seem like it's a, it's a, a horrible injury, but any, any injury, of course, is going to hinder you. I hope we see him against Colorado. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't, though. Yeah. Um, so, guys, do you see anything else in the first half except for the end of the first half, which... It's so, telling me about uh, which I'm going to preface this by saying I've heard people online say this was the goal of the week type of deal here. So, yeah, it was a good goal. But before we do that uh, here, there were a couple of instances where uh, where Minnesota had some clear chances in front of uh, San Jose's uh, goal that they should have capitalized on, uh, including a couple from Adrian Anu. Uh, where they actually caught one where they actually caught San Jose sleeping in the, in the defense and ended up robbing them of the ball. And uh, then uh, the difference there is that San Jose was able to get back in time in order to clear the ball when Adrian Anu was able to shoot. Um, but yeah, and the, there's one in the 20th minute. And then there's also one in, I believe the, um, uh, I believe it was like the 30 uh, could have been, uh, oh, you know what? It could have been like the, I think it was around like the, the 23rd minute right around there. Yeah. The 20, oh. yeah. They were pretty much right next to each other. Pretty close um, together. And so yeah. Connor, would you put these kind of on, on, I mean, if, if you, if we were sitting here talking to Adrian Anu in the first case, you know, would, would he have said, Oh, I should have scored this. And would you put that on him? And, and then if you could talk about expected goals, does that number go up because of say that chance? Yeah. So for the, for the first one, I understand. Uh, so the first one is just kind of a, a, a deal where you see, um, God, who was it? It was Fregapane who received a great ball up the field from Boxall before, uh, before he came. And actually it was Hanson. I'm sorry, not Boxall, uh, not uh, Fregapane. Uh, but um, uh, he receives a, a long ball down the right side and then a good pass into the uh, plays a good pass into the the middle of the box where Adrian Anu could hit it, and it it was it's you know I can understand him miss hitting that. I personally think it should have been a goal, but um, uh, I can understand him missing that. The second one I put squarely on Adrian Anu and uh, mm. and partial and uh, well no that I shouldn't say that. The it's partially because the San Jose defense was able to get back uh, on time as well because Adrian Anu was about to take the shot. But the San, uh, I think it was Remedi who got back on time and uh, and cleared the ball out from under his feet before Anu could take okay. the shot. 
Yeah, um, and, but they they were clear goal scoring chances. I will yeah. give them that. Yeah. Okay. So expected goals would go up on that. And the only reason I bring it up is because I know I know I don't you know again without knowing how Adrian Anu is feeling. I know that you know there's people out there that probably think you know he he should have done better with those opportunities. But I mean I guess at least you know cup half full mentality is that in the several games here now three four games that Adrian Anu has been on the pitch for the Minnesota United. Um, he, he's at least had those opportunities. And I think with more opportunities, you know, you're going to see more goals scored. Yeah, so. definitely. Guys. Um, so a new with a couple of missed chances and uh, now we're back to, well, right before the end of the first half. Yeah. Like I, I said, have... like I said, now that people on, on the social media are saying this is a type of goal of the year type of thing. Well, never mind social media. I got a funny story about this. So um, uh, as I was watching the game, uh, I was streaming the game, watching the game and uh, saw the goal. And then shortly thereafter, I got a text message from my mother, mom, that uh, and she said, what a shot, huh? And I'm and I only bring this up because I have never received a text message from my mom about a Minnesota United soccer game. But my mom sent a text that said, what a goal. Like, Something what is, about this game that made her interested. She's watching. She's watching yeah. now, Dave. I, I, know, I know I have made my dad into a fan of the Minnesota United over the last couple yeah. of years. I definitely have done that. But I didn't really expect my mom to get into the action as well. I know oh, my Lord. niece is a soccer player, so my parents have getting more and more into soccer watching her. Mm-hmm. But uh, so maybe that helps explain it. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have been a surprise if my dad had texted me, but my mom texting me saying, what an amazing goal. I'm just saying is if my mom texted me, it must rank up there as far as goal of the year is concerned, in my opinion. And you know, it was, it was a great goal. Very well, um, very well hustled after by Brent Coleman. I will say Mm. that because yeah, his first touch, like after, you know, let's credit Frank Opone. He almost had, you know, what would you almost a bicycle style kind of assist? Well, it would have been assist, but bicycle style in the box in the six yard box and and ultimately got it to Coleman whose first touch wasn't all that great, but then how does Coleman even get back and wrap his leg around and gets it bend, you know, bends over, gets his hips in place, drops his hips. And how does he even get in position to even have the angle to score that goal? Because it was an impossible angle. Goal yeah, based. and let alone the fact that the defend the, the defender he was racing toward the ball had him by half a yard or so. Yeah. Um, it was uh, so. It, I mean, I don't know how Common beat him, but I'm sure glad he did. And it's a, it, it, you know, it's a great shot. It's mm-hmm. um, you, it's the kind of goal you. See, I mean, you see very very rarely um mm-hmm. and you know it was, it was actually the last kick last kick of the half so uh right, yeah last was, touch of the half yeah that it was, was uh, i'm looking at it right now guys the angle on that shot it is ridiculous that's um, what i said it was impossible angle and impossible. let's say like it's you you see maybe attempts like that you know ma- many times but oh, yeah. to actually see to get the goal to get the result Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And, and just that's why you just got to credit Coleman's effort, especially after that mm-hmm. first touch where the ball got away from him, yep. yet still just was on it, never stopped, never quit. Yep. And then somehow got his body in, in position to make that shot. And it was just what a reward for an outstanding effort. Um, is, Brent Coleman's first, his first goal since 2017, by the way. Oh, I would have gotten for God. the record. For the record, I would have gotten that trivia question wrong. I mean, I know yeah. he's not a he's he's not a, a top flight goal scorer for this club, but 
I wouldn't have guessed 2017. I might've gone with 2018 or even 2019, but wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So guys, that gets us out of the first half and it's one-to-one, which um, against San Jose shouldn't be one-to-one. Right. But when you look at San Jose too, they have the worst goal difference coming into this game. They have the worst goal difference in the league and yep. the most scores goals scored against them in the league. This should have been an and, easy win. And not only that, like I, I, I touched on it, it was, they, they had a good start to their season. Um, and it's just lately they've been terrible form. And, and even, you know, I mentioned the seven game winless streak that they're currently in. Well, I guess now it's currently it, well, but uh, spoiler, but yeah. anyways, my point was, yeah, you can look at that over a microcosm, even of the last three games, two games, they have been just annihilated uh, mm-hmm. when you're talking about goal differential. So it was, it was one of the, I mean, you've got to look at this with the streak that Minnesota was on what seven, six, seven game unbeaten streak, or right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Unbeaten streak. It's kind of the opposite world here for Minnesota United on paper. You're like this at home weeks rest. Yeah. It, it, it is one of those games where you expect a result, but I don't know how you guys were feeling going at, I, I, I felt a sense of relief. And not only did I feel a sense of relief going right into halftime there, I was supremely confident that Minnesota would end up winning this game by multiple and winning it. I thought they might win it by multiple goals, but I was very confident that they would get the win, the three well, points no, at that point, but then, in, but- at that point in the game, that's how I was feeling. Well, but then to your to your point, Tony, uh, that's why you use the phrase trap game. I've heard you use it a couple of times on this show here. Uh, yep. it, it And that's exactly what this was. It, it was a trap game. Yep. It always, you know, in sports, it's always you get a team on a losing streak, get a team on a winning streak. You, everybody gets high on oh, and saying, oh, we should beat this team easily. It's because it, it's really a trap. I, guys on the winning team or the, the team that's on the winning streak are always overconfident and they do things that they shouldn't do. Um, and I could see that in the first half. I mean, wa- rewatching the first half a little bit like I did, I could just see there wasn't the type of, you know, I don't know if we call it urgency, but the type of play we're nor- that we're used to, you know, there wasn't this type of urgency to it. Um, so we go to the second half and we see the first, well, the first uh, game for uh, DJ Taylor, guys. Yeah. He comes out in the beginning of the, of the second half, uh, comes in for Italia, which is, which is awesome. Uh, and we also get uh, Abila comes in for Nico Hansen. So that means Anu drops down, I think, to the, was he on the left side or the right side? Was it? Anu looked like he was on the right side. Right side? Okay. Abila looks like he was playing more left. So more of a, but but that being said, so more of a 4-3-3 then you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 4-3-3. Then you also had Fregapani on the left. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we had that going on, which was, which is nice. Abila, it was kind of weird to see Abila in there right away in the beginning of the second half. I'm not, I'm not sure what Heath's thinking was because usually he's a guy if things are going okay he keeps those guys in there he doesn't like change things up hmm. uh and to get a Bila in there that early meant that Heath must have seen something that he didn't like in the first half from his front four well l- look at who he subbed Abila on for though oh Nico, Nico Hansen yeah Nico Hansen yeah. who I would argue again had a less than mediocre day 
Um, so I can see, I mean, maybe not this early um, seeing the sub in for Nico Hansen, but I can see why he was subbed. But I, here's my question is as much as we give shit to um, uh, what's his name? Jesus. Drawing a blank here. Who's the other winger? Um, uh, Fragapane? No, no, no. The, uh, oh, Finley. No. Finley. As much as we give shit. I'm sorry. If you're, talking, if you're talking about the right side, yeah, Ethan. Finley. Yeah. Unless we give shit to Finley, it's like you give, why don't you bring Hanson, why don't you bring Finley in for Hanson, switch it up, you know, Fragapane can switch sides, whatever, and kind of keep it going. Abila is more of a mid stopper type of guy. Yeah, that's a good point. Not a, you know, he's not a, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, and the fact that we see Nico Hansen's play without Finley being in there makes me think that he thinks Hansen has more is is more talent. Well, not more talented, but is more mesh fit than Finley is. Right. Um, so it's a weird kind of thing. Well, we that. should. Yeah, and and maybe part of it. I know Finley was certainly available uh, mm-hmm. for this match against uh, San Jose, but I know going into Portland, I uh, Finley was a bit banged up. Oh. Um, okay. He was available, but he was, I think he was dealing with some uh, training injuries. Uh, Finley okay. was not, not going into San Jose that I know of. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to think of maybe possible reasons to mm-hmm. help you guys out. But should we met, should we talk about the fact of when those substitutions were made a little earlier than we're used to seeing them? Well, we? yeah, that's a half-time. new new record, by the way, three subs at the 45th minute. Yeah. Who would have thought that with Adrian Heath? Ridiculous, man. I mean, one of them was one, one of them was an injury, so I'll give him that, but uh but you know, yeah. When's the last time you saw that? We don't yeah, see that. I, I I was just you know I was surprised to see the timing of these substitutions, but also you know of of the substitutions that were made. I, I mean, I thought it was nice to see you know DJ Taylor make his debut. I mean, it's just nice to get those guys out there and get just experience and minutes under their belt going into the uh, you know kind of the dog days of summer here. But you have we should expect these types of substitutions if we're playing a, a game on a Saturday. And then another game on a Wednesday. This is the type of shit that should happen, right. which Heath has never been known for right. in the time he's been here. If we've got a short week, he doesn't give a shit. He plays those guys. Right now, it's almost like he's decided, well, I'm not going to anymore because I, I guess I've changed my mind. He knows. Well, I, sh- I sure hope that's the case. Uh, you know what? And let's. I'm. We don't know what he's thinking, but I mean, I'm assuming that's the case because I we saw similar situation not not this early, but we we saw where he wants to get his favored lineup out there. He knows, you know, they're in the the loons now are you know spoiler in the middle of an eight game unbeaten streak here, and they want to keep that going. And these points are incredibly important. They need they need to get the results basically, especially and at going, home. Yeah, and especially at home, and when you've got big games on the road in midweek, I mean, you mm-hmm. want to at the very least get a result. And so, yeah, he, I, I think this just keeps on that similar, uh, similar philosophy where he wants to have his best, his best attacking lineup there on the field. So maybe you know, maybe as early as Wednesday, we'll have our our optimal lineup out there with Lude, Elsa, um, and so. Frank Apone keeping Frank Apone fresh, and you know all that. So. Yeah, I, let's well, hope that's the case. Now, guys, I'm 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 jumping ahead here to the 52nd minute. I don't remember. I kind of remember this, but I don't. We had three a- attempts here. Yep. Uh, we had. Uh, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about here. Uh, Abila yep. with the attempt, he got saved right away. We had another attempt by Hassani Dotson that was mm-hmm. a miss, 
And then we had Fragapane hit the damn post. Right. And it's like, that, holy crap. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, you love to see that kind of attacking from, uh, from Minnesota. Just put the ball in the net though. Yeah. I mean, come uh, on. I I mean, it, great, great work by, uh, we'll, we'll go. Let's start with the first one here. When Abila receives a long pass here, I think it, it, you're right. It wasn't the 52nd minute. Uh, and it looks like he received it from, um, yeah. Uh, it looks like he received it from uh, Will Trap, I think, um, and uh, a nice little dummy by uh, by Reynoso to put it in the feet of uh, Abila, and uh, you you see a little Meg on the way to the on on the way to the uh, on the way to the net. You love to see that. Um, great save by the goalkeeper, but then a follow the follow up by Hassani Dotson should have put it in the back of the net, but uh, just just man, just puts it past the post instead. Yep. Yeah. and uh so yeah we had a couple attempts there but then we get guys we get to like the 65th minute around that time and there's a lot of action here this was the um chase gasper uh got right. got fouled in the box they went to var found out that yeah he was fouled in the box right um so and this is a weird thing guys um we get the penalty going and that's they have a Bila take the penalty shot. Right. Now, for me, I, I don't why why isn't Ray taking that shot? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, I don't I don't it, get it, why a Bila's taking that shot. Well, yeah, with the his you know, given the history of this team, yeah. I mean, you would have expected Ray to maybe take that <laughs> shot. Now, I mean, is it stunning to see your striker, albeit on you know, your subbed in striker take take the penalty shot? No, no, it isn't. You but know, this is one. I wonder, did you know Ray and Abula not have a? I don't know if it was caught on camera, but they now have a conversation about who was going to take this and you know why. But but this isn't like. I mean, this reminds me of kind of back in the day, right? When we had DQ, DQ took all our penalty shots. Okay, right. Ray is as skilled as DQ ever was. Ray should be taking all these penalty shots. There should right. Abila shouldn't even be like mentioned. In penalty I, shots, I, I think before Abila, you should even look at Anu instead. Well, even Frag um, Fragapane should be mentioned. I mean, right before Abila, well, he, Abila's he, like he the would, fourth guy. Yeah, but Fragapane. No, uh, oh yeah, no, he wasn't subbed off. But yeah, no, there's there's a number of choices. Yeah, Abila's the fourth guy you choose. I, yeah, fourth, maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't. I, that's why I said I don't think it's stunning that okay, your striker's taking a penalty shot. That's not un, you know necessarily unusual. Um, I just, what would be interesting, it would be interesting to know who made that decision. Well, yeah. Who, who to take it. But yeah, guess what? Guess what, guys? I, I, it, what happened? What? It turns out okay. I mean, it well, does. It does, but I, I want to just, eventually, and I want to have, you know, thanks to our listeners uh, who kind of give us feedback and I want to give credit to where credit's due. I'm not going to go last name because I, I haven't gotten permission, but we've got a, a long time listener uh, named Tim, who immediately texted me after Albila's shot. And I'll just kind of paraphrase him, though. But he wants us to discuss just how horrible that penalty was by Abila. It was terrible. Um, and his complaints were it was low, it was in the hey. middle third of the net, and there was no pace. So hey. there are three things. And, and he has a great quote. And I, again, I'm paraphrasing basically what he said, but he says there are three things that allow goalkeepers to save a penalty. And he did all three, you know, Abila. So Right. We'll start with that now. Let's, like let's, you said, so, well, that ends well, but let's discuss the let's, 
No, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Abil is, it was terrible. Let's go back, Dave. You and I and Sterling met up at Elm Creek Brewing on Friday. Oh, I know where you're going. Yes, we did. Yeah. And we watched the last part of the was Switzerland versus... Switzerland, uh, Spain. Spain match. It was came down to penalty shootout, right? It did, yep. There were numerous penalty shots that were fucking terrible. On both sides. Te- on both sides. Terrible penalty shots. Like... No pace, put it on goal. I could have stopped it. I mean, seriously, this they were terrible shots. So watching Abila take that shot, I was like, holy shit. It's like history is rewriting itself because I just saw these shots on Friday and they sucked and Abila's shot sucked. Right. Yeah, it did. For all the reasons we, we've set all, like the, the point, the three points that Tim brought up um, mm-hmm. in his comments were completely accurate. And a lot of the shots that we saw um, from both Spain and Switzerland in that match, they were guilty of all three things. There was yep. no pace, put it in the kind of the middle of the net. It was low. Yep. It, all the goalkeeper basically had to do was guess right. And I don't even know that the goalkeeper had to guess right. He, because of the lack of the pace, he might have been able to see it coming. So, yeah, those three things in combination were just terrible. And then, yeah, it, and it was surprising, you know, from, you know, tangent here, but Switzerland, it was a shame because in their pre, you know, in their previous uh, Euro mat, Euro mat round of 16 match against um, France, France, they made all five of their shots, penalty mm-hmm. kicks. Yeah. You know, that game also went down to penalties and they made all five of them. It was only, uh, Mb- uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Kylian Mbappe. Uh, yeah. Who missed, who missed the, the fifth one for France yep. and final shot. Thank you, Connor. And yeah. yeah, so to see Switzerland come into that penalty shootout against Spain and they had the early advantage because Spain was guilty of some of the same, same things. And, but that's yeah. what you would have thought Switzerland had the perfect opportunity, but uh, no, anyways. Okay. That was a good mention, but getting back to this game. Yeah. That was just a horrible attempt yeah. by Abila. No doubt about it. None of us are going to sit here and defend his attempt. Yeah. Now, Here's the one thing I will defend is, and I'm certainly hope, certainly hope you guys would say the same thing. Uh, I've seen penalty takers kind of basically drop to their knees after mm-hmm. an effort like that and just give up completely in frustration. Yeah. Right. Abila did not yeah. do that. You right. know, he was quick on yep. that rebound. He was quicker than yep. any of the San Jose players. None of the San, San Jose players came up running, but Abila did not shake his head, did not drop to his knees, did not throw his arms up he was quick on that rebound and you know all the goalkeeper was able to do was was push it out and then abila had the easy finish so i will give abila credit uh for not giving up not getting frustrated yeah. like strikers can do and yeah. so fortunately for the loons he, he did finish uh that opportunity thank right. goodness. And, yeah. and, it, and it was it was a good finish you be, you're able to put it over the keeper like that uh and it's a it, and the reason he was able to is because I'll give a mention to that, uh, that save by the keeper did manage to keep it in front of net, uh, yes. but kind of a, a, a mistake on the part of the San Jose's keeper, San Jose keepers part, yeah. because normally you push it wide, but uh, that one stayed in front. And I think that's uh, when Abila, Abila saw that he's like, Oh, maybe there's a, maybe there's still a chance here. And it's great to put a great uh, chip shots, put it over the keeper and it's two one Minnesota. Well, and, and yes, Dave, you're right. And, and Connor, you're right too. Uh, Dave, you're right. in the fact that most guys who take penalty shots after they miss it, they, they, they do some sort of, Oh, uh, uh, bullshit. Yeah. Da, 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 yeah. Type of thing. They don't like, 
try to react to it, you know? And, right. yeah, and I don't want to, yeah. And I don't know if it's most of the time, but I'm saying I've seen, well, it. Yeah, I've seen, seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. And Connor, you're right too. It, it is the goalie made a mistake there. He, he couldn't catch the ball. So it ends up in front of him. Right. right. And I think he went, he went for the catch there he did. and he couldn't get it. And it yep. ended up in front of him, squirted out in front of him. Whereas I think as a goalie, you might want to push that to the left or to the right and, 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 and not try to like capture it, Yeah, you know, give your team a chance to get the rebound and get it out of the, out of the, out of the area there. Um, and you could tell, I was just watching replay again. You could tell the goalkeeper was pissed at himself, his face afterwards, they showed a close of his face and he was like, uh, yeah, I, I screwed up on that shit. Yeah. It was yeah. a bad play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Abila did redeem himself, but on the flip side, the way he shot that penalty kick tells me he shouldn't be taking penalty kicks ever again for this damn right. team. Right. I mean, seriously, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, so guys, we're up two to one, which is great. Yep. Fantastic. Game's um, over. Get, I mean, no, no, honestly, not. well, I'm just trying to like putting the game into feelings you know all about the field yeah. like i again at halftime after Coleman made that crazy angle shot to tie it up uh there's abila takes the lead with his rebound uh, at this point i'm feeling really really there's, confident there's 20 minutes left dave there's too much time left way too but much you, time I, but well you've seen there, what can happen no, in 15 minutes mm-hmm. I, I yeah I, and that was kind of a mental mistake by me i said there was too much time left in the game Honestly, that time I felt that they were going to, the loons were going to use to take a multi-goal lead and just put it away at home. Like that's what I was expecting. I really well, hoped that was what was, what was what was going to happen because their attacking was going well mm-hmm. and uh, San Jose was on the back foot. So mm-hmm. I, Minnesota were definitely the better team um, at going into that penalty and even for some time after that penalty. But I guess we, um, I guess we fast forward to what the eighty second minute, right? Tony? Yeah, before do, before we do that, yeah. though, Connor. Yeah. Before we do that, yeah, we have to take a small commercial break. Oh, for advertisers because they need time to get their money from us. So we're taking a small commercial break. Our producer shouting in your ear over there. Pretty much, yeah, Draco, yeah. our producer, um, shouting in your ear. So we're gonna take a small commercial break, and we'll come back and finish this game off in just like one minute. All right, we're back. Wow, that, that was right. Much that was way break. longer than a minute. That I, was, I swear. Uh, yeah. It was actually an hour, but yeah. uh, I'm just glad you guys are still here. Uh, but Connor, before we left from the break, you were talking about the fact that uh, we scored a goal, and then all of a sudden uh, they came back and uh, kicked our ass. But before we do that, Ozzy Alonso did get in this game though in the 74th yes. minute. That makes that makes four subs, four yeah. subs for Heath. Is he going to hit five? Is he? What? What? Can you believe that? This is ridiculous. Because you see the old, you you see the old A team and the defensive midfielder out there. You see the team we were talking about before, Ozzy and Jan. Yeah, I know, but but seriously, Adrian Heath has like turned a new leaf now. He's making subs at halftime. He's using all five subs. Is he? Is he not? Is he an alien? I think he might be an alien. Is he? uh, Maybe he's been. Uh, replaced by a scroll or something. Something like that, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, um, this, but this one's unfortunate. Yeah. 
Well, it is, un- it is unfortunate. In, in, There's- guys, I hate to say it, but I'll say it again. It's a trap game. Yeah. Okay. You play these games, you should win. It ends up things just don't go your way. I mean, you're not, you're not thinking straight. You're, you're, you're off a little bit. You think that you're invincible, but you're not. And, and, and I look at this goal here, guys, and I'm thinking that there just wasn't enough pressure. No, wasn't enough pressure no, no. whatsoever. Hey, no, you guys, not even who, close. Who wants to take a stab at the goal scorer's name? Because I have a few things to say about the the run of play that led up to the goal. But it was oh, Kiki Kivanovic or Benjamin uh, Kiki. Kikanovich, I think his name was. Perfect. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're sticking with that. But anyways, Benjamin. But look, Benjamin. maybe, he, but. Here's but, the, I want to start, I want to start with what I'm, you know, as I just watch it over and over again, um, just trying to understand because it, it just, it came at the worst possible moment, obviously, when you have a lead late in the game that you're trying to protect at home, that's what, you know, regardless of the chances that Minnesota had, you know, bottom line, you still got to protect the lead. And, and I look at, you know, you had him, you know, Kivanovic, sorry, but he's coming down the left side of the pitch and Dotson, you know, I think he's doing a good um, bit of defending yeah. there. He came back. You know, he did get burned, but and I, he, I don't think I don't think Dotson was too far out of position there. I think no, I think no. one of the biggest mishaps was um, DJ Taylor um, maybe yeah. overreacting to his run and yeah. worried about Dotson. So he you know, I think the moment was DJ Taylor coming over to provide support with for yep. Dotson that maybe you're right. He shouldn't have needed to be because that created all loads of space in the box. Well, okay. and you know, what, what happened? You're right. You're you know right. What I mean, that, that, yeah, right. that's how it started. And, and watch and watch. You see this now. DJ Taylor overextends himself and then Will Trapp has to clean up the mess. But Will yeah. Trapp is too far out of position to clean up that mess. Yeah, but I don't that's what I'm getting at. I don't think Will Trapp needed to be responsible for cleaning up that mess. But if, he didn't. Okay. Taylor, he didn't have to be. But he didn't have no, to he be. He didn't Taylor, have to be. Yeah. He ended up uh, being in that position. But here's who. Like I, I I see where you're you guys are going with this, but here's where I, here's what I'm thinking. DJ Taylor did overextend himself out to the out to the side, but that's where he's playing out in the out on the wing. And uh, you know Dotson's there. DJ Taylor can't afford to give a little space, but uh, he is playing his position. I'm putting some of this fault on Brent Coleman because he's standing out in the he's standing in the it. center. Uh, and it. he waits mm-hmm. way too long mm-hmm. to put that pressure on. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't see Benjamin. I'm going to say he didn't see him. He should have. He should have been. I'm not. You know. He. What do you want to call it? Marking or not? He should have seen his run coming more centrally. You know, on, still on that left side of, for, of San Jose. But uh, he. You had three players all of a sudden watching the ball. Yeah. And then in the left, too much space for Benjamin Kivanovic. I, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I, I psyched myself out of it. I'm sure if Keith I just Kanovich. said it, Kikanovich, I, I would have just said it. But anyways, yeah. yeah, that's a great point too, Connor. So it wasn't, uh, it's hard to put this on one player. Yeah. Uh, you def- I definitely can see uh, the Coleman angle and the DJ Taylor angle. But yeah, it, and it was, it. you know, <laughs> let's, I'm just looking at this for the 15th time, probably. It, it looked like that ball just got up. Did well, it take a slight deflection off Coleman? Um, as we're looking at this, maybe not, but that just that ball got up in a hurry, and I think it just stunned uh Tyler Miller. I don't think well, there was yeah. too much and, he could have done to save that just because it got up so quick and just got under that top post there. But look at guys, you have to look at DJ Taylor, this first game plan, right? Right. He doesn't know where Will Trap is at, and 
if he knew where Will Trap was going to be at, if they played together longer, he probably wouldn't have made that run. Will Trap is way too far away from uh, what's his nuts to even make anything happen. You know, he's a step behind. Um, if DJ Taylor isn't in there, I don't think this happens. Tell you the truth. Cause I don't think anybody else makes that run that DJ Taylor made. Yeah. yeah you know, I guess DJ Taylor is in the position of where Roman Roman would usually mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. If he's there, I don't think he makes that mistake. Yeah. You, you don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, Will Trapp's positioning, you could make, you could make a case that his, he reacted too late, but his positioning wasn't bad, but you know, credit, credit San Jose with a brilliant pass over to, you know, Kikovanovich because he had the space and then and then he ran right through. So I I mean maybe there he could have uh maybe Trap could have taken the angle better. And then Coleman, boy, th- this is a tough one. This is just no, I, you know what? No, I'm it's, gonna say it's it, not as I, tough. I, you can, can you put this on one single it's not as it's no, but you know what I'm telling you guys, it's not player. as I, I, I'm watching it even more. It's not as tough as I thought it was. DJ Taylor is a young guy. I, I think there's a veteran there who's been playing a while, doesn't make that run and trust Dotson to do his thing, right? Right. Then you don't yeah, have that problem. You don't have that I mean, problem. Yeah. Tony, okay. Because if you look, if you go back, yeah, you go back yeah. to if you go back and take a wider look at the angle. I mean, DJ yeah. Taylor was on kick of Benjamin yeah. Kikovanovich. Yeah. But you know what I mean. But, yeah, but DJ, DJ Taylor was basically on him. He was but, uh, marking him as he came down the field, and then yep. he ran out to provide the assistance but, that probably wasn't needed. Like I say, guys, I, I, again, domino effect. There's domino a vet. Effect. If there's a veteran there in DJ Taylor's spot, I don't think he makes that run towards him. I think he stays in his area, and I don't think what happens actually happens because he trusts Dotson to do what he's going to do. That's a young guy making a split second decision because he hasn't played with those guys yep. in a real game. And it's, it's a double, it, 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 it's, yeah. it's double edged sword because, you know, I, here I am sitting, you know, talking about how excited I am to see TJ Taylor get his first mm-hmm. minutes with this club, which I am, I am still. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this at the very worst is, is a learning experience. Did you, know? you did you play soccer as a youth? I, as a very young youth, I did. Yeah. yeah. Connor, did you play soccer? Yes, I did, yeah. uh, and, and as a youth and uh, in high school. Yeah, so remember when you guys played, you'd make decisions like that all the time that were just like spur of the moment type of things. You didn't think about, like, the player next to you or whatever. You just did it because you wanted to do it because that's where the ball was at, right? That's all I did, yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And that's, I think DJ Taylor did that because it's his first game in there. He's juiced. He's excited to be there. He wants to make a play. But on the flip side, if you if you know what's going on with this team, you know Dotson's going to hold that guy up, you know, or let Dotson do his thing, right? You guys? Yeah, wow. Guys have to let guys have to let other guys do their thing. They can't always help a guy out. It's yeah. it's you know it's it. Yeah. But then yeah, that that clearly led to the goal. But let's let's give uh, number twenty eight his due because that run 
that run right into the central of the box and the pace that he put onto that ball was, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's impressive. And, mm-hmm. you know, Tyler Miller tried to get big, but he, he was literally blown away by that shot. I mean, he had just the pace that he put on that ball to get it in the upper part of the net was impressive. And so I look at it that way, guys. And if I'm right, we won't see DJ Taylor again for a long time. Coleman maybe could have, maybe, maybe Coleman could have like got a, got in taken a step more, uh, anticipated that run a little nope. bit better, but Coleman yeah, should have seen the run coming and give and put pressure on right away because there was a wide open space. Yes, it was because of DJ Taylor extending himself, but Coleman should have seen DJ Taylor out. Uh, and he sh- should have also extended himself uh, in it's, response to that. But you're it's playing. One, it, you're, it's one of those things where the, the unfortunate injury to Michael Boxel. You know, we talked. Mm-hmm. I talked about domino effects with on this single uh, run of play here. Mm-hmm. But domino effects as far as Boxel having to go out early. You know what then decisions are made going forward throughout the game, and so you wonder how this would have turned out differently if Boxel was on the pitch. You know, maybe it wouldn't have turned out differently. I, I will. Know. I will give a little bit of you know, Common was. Yeah, he had a problem with that too. But Coleman's problem was he wasn't thinking that DJ Taylor was right. a young guy there. You know, right. he's not remembering that DJ Taylor hasn't played with this team. He's still thinking like it's. He's like, still it's like thinking exactly right, yeah. exactly right. And so, yeah, there's there, a lot of things happening. The whole thing. I told you guys. I'm, I'm tell you guys this again. Remember this. I don't think DJ Taylor will play on this team for a long time now because what I'm telling you is, is probably correct. He is going to see yeah. the same thing that I saw and, and he overextended himself and he's going to be like, you can't do that. You just can't do it. Well, yeah. let alone the fact that Ramon is also coming back too. I don't think anyone's yeah. going to replace him for a while. No, no. Yeah. So, Assuming we, everything, everybody stays healthy. Like we talked about at the top of this podcast. I mean, with Retalia, you know, clearly able apparently to play, you know, the right back spot and we know he can play the central central back position as well. You know, yeah, you're probably right. We won't see DJ Taylor, but minutes are minutes and they're important, you know? Right. So we yeah. can see him out there yeah. again. I'm sticking to that. I'm glad we saw him out there. <laughs> Unfortunate that it, his his presence potentially led to a goal it is what it is um yep. but so guys, anyways, tie guys game tie game now and uh you're Draw. right connor uh jan Grigus does get in for will trap that's right they're on the 87th minute so we get yep. the old we get the the boys are back together again in the midfield as tony would like to call him the the slovakian sniper he's the sniper uh, you know and again if he was playing well this year I would have gotten his haircut, but now I'm not getting his haircut anymore because, mm. frankly, he's not playing as well as he used to. Oh, are you going to get the uh, Cade Cowell uh, haircut then instead? He no. plays for San Jose, Dave. No. I know. Come I know, on. He does have an impressive haircut. And probably the most impressive on the pitch. You're not going to miss him running down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not only because of his pace, but because of his haircut. But You know, that's the only thing I've kept good about myself through getting older. You know, I'm almost 42. Well, Dave and I are almost 42 now. This is ridiculous, right? That Dave turns 42 in what, July, what, 15th, 16th? Uh, about a, exactly a week from today as we record. Oh, July 12th. July 12th, 12th. 12th. Sorry about that. Um, so he turns 42. I turn 42 at the end of the month on the 31st. And uh, the only thing I've kept good about myself is my hair. I don't understand it. I really don't. I don't know yeah, how I did, my I did hair. Not, I did not do the same. <laughs> Although Dave, it's 
for me, my hair has been a slow burn for well, 20 years. You've Literally. always you've always had the thin hair. I mean, yes, yes. since we were in, in high school, you've had yep. the, the short, thin hair. It, it's the way yep. it works. It's it's you know, it's genetics, really. Yep. I thought for sure that my hair would die because my dad has thin thin hair. And I thought for sure I'm like, oh shit. And my brother has it too. I'm like, oh God, no. But somehow I got the Finnish hair with the Italian hair and it's made this, I don't, I don't know how you put it. I just can't lose hair. It's ridiculous. I don't get it. That oh, must suck, John. You understand it. But it, it does suck. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> the haircut bill must be outrageous. Right. Uh, you don't want to know how much I spend a month on haircuts. <laughs> I go to the, uh, uh, the local Great Clips and get the number one A- military haircut every month you, you know you know that i go to a stylist every month dave you know what i yeah, spend i know i I'm go midway between you. you guys i go for the the sport clips oh there, see there you go now there hey that's not bad it's not a bad deal but i will try to push you towards a stylist who you get every month so they can do your hair the same way every month Connor. maybe when i turn 42 i don't know we'll see well come on you got a few years oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. uh so Guys, this game it ends and and there's not much. I mean, there were some post misses and there was some misses by us. And and the fact of the matter is, this should have been a win. I mean, honestly, yeah. guys, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, I, told, been a win. I, I told you my feelings about it. I mean, I was already marking it down as a win as soon as they tied it up, you know, yeah. extremely late in the first half. So yeah, I already cashed that check. And so for me. It was, yes, it was a little disappointing that they didn't come out, you know, come out at home against a team on paper that they should beat. Yeah, so for me, yeah, it, it, this is a disappointing result. Now, fact still stands that that streak of eight, you know, now eight unbeaten uh, continues. I think that ties a record, I believe, uh, set back two years ago in 2019. And so with a potential result in Colorado on Wednesday, uh, the 7th, they, they could actually set a record for an unbeaten streak. So there is some positive, you know, they still well, get a point. They're still on that un same unbeaten streak. So here's the problem, Dave. And, and I'm going to go to standings right now. And I'm going to take a look. And, and well, the position, the, the standings didn't take a hit at all. I mean, they didn't pretty much a result. Well, but, technically, they did. technically they did. I think if you look at a goal differential yeah. uh, point of view that, you know, the Western conference is extremely condensed as it has been, at least since uh, the Minnesota United were uh, an MLS team. The, ML, the Western Conference is very condensed. It, it will be until the very end of the season. We know that for the most part. So, yeah, I mean, I can say, okay, they're technically in six because of goal differential now. Wow. So they did slip in the standings. But, yeah, I see where you're going, Tony. Three points would have been huge. You look at how big, if you're talking about standings and points, how big were the wins against Austin and Portland? They were huge. You look at those, you look at those two teams that are both sitting on 13 points right now. Yeah, uh, the loons, I, I believe, are on 15. Mm -hmm. um, so just imagine if you not only did they beat both Austin and Portland, if they didn't even get if they missed on one of those wins, uh, the standings would look a heck of a lot different. So, well, it, I'm just again, you, I, all I'm trying to do is credit the unbeaten streak. That the it's great. And it's great. It's great. Yeah. This is a trap game. OK, you win this game, you're nipping at the heels of Colorado. Actually, you're tied with Colorado with 17 points, okay? And you're only down by goal differential. So you're in fifth place. 
you beat Colorado, you're nipping at the heels of the of LA Galaxy in third place, potentially, right? Yeah, and it's it's that basically it's that fourth position that you're looking for, um, and then assuming that Minnesota can continue their uh, run of play here, that's been pretty good as of late. If they can continue that as we get into the further into the summer and the season, yeah, you're going to be eyeing one of those three, four, maybe even two spots. No, I, it's hard to I imagine anybody catching Seattle at this point, but yeah, you're eyeing those spots because that means a home playoff game. That is important. Or, or SKC. Hey, here's the deal. I, I'm looking, I look at this this year now because of our losses in the first beginning of the year. I look at the third and the fourth spot is where we want to be. The second spot and the first spot are way out of our league at this point, unless SKC or Seattle starts to, to just drop themselves, like just yeah, which, like with, collapse. And with those kind of pedigrees, you, you wouldn't expect that. Yeah. So. Well, and look at Seattle. I mean, you look at Seattle and you go goals for 21 and you look at goals against eight, eight yeah. goals against in how many in 12 games played. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, yeah. holy shit. I want to say, I want to just like, I want to just, I mean, some, somebody actually on 4th of July barbecue asked me, well, MLS, it's really not important about where you are in the standings, you know, just oh, make the playoffs. No. The, you know, oh, I'm, this is an Englishman that was kind of talking. No. And, and yeah, and I, I'm not necessarily agreeing, but yo, you just make the playoffs, the single game tournament, you know, anything can happen, you know, one win and you're through. Yeah, that no, that's not the case. And no. although that being said, you look at the Minnesota United's short history in 2019, just two years ago, they did, I think, get themselves into that fourth spot and they played the LA, LA Galaxy in the fifth spot and then ended up losing that game at home. <laughs> But whereas last year they were able to go on a run and it all started mm-hmm. with a home playoff game. Now, of course, there was no fans in the stands. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. Home, I think home playoffs in soccer are the is what you want. I don't are, there's no other game. Well, maybe NFL. NFL, Dave, I think home playoffs as well. You want that. Anybody else? Baseball, uh, NHL, um, NBA. It doesn't really matter. But yeah. if you're doing a one and done, you want that home playoff. You want that Whoa. crowd to be there for you. So yeah, getting no doubt the third about it, or fourth that, is the deal. And that's and and no doubt about it. I totally agree. I just only bring it up because it's a little bit ironic that because of in 2019, the Loons earned that home playoff spot in the fourth position, only to lose their home opening opening playoff game and then yeah. in 2020 yes they did win their first playoff game and then go on that run to the western conference final but yeah. that game played at home was played in front of nobody um so it is a little bit interesting but yeah bottom line is hey at least we're sitting here basically a third of the way through the season and we are in that playoff conversation at this point because of the recent uh, run they've been on so yeah i guess things could be worse yeah um, i mean Let's take a look, guys, at the schedule coming up here because well, we got Colorado coming up here on Wednesday, short term, um, and then and then they get a break because they get a week and a half break. Uh, the, yeah. the, yeah. There's an in, international, uh, let's call it an international break. Uh, probably most important due to the Gold Cup that is coming up here very shortly in the mm-hmm. next week or so. So there's a little bit of break because of that tournament, and then uh, they don't play again after this Wednesday tomorrow. Hey. No, is it tomorrow? Yeah, Wednesday the seventh, basically. Wednesday the 7th. Uh, they don't they don't play again. But that next game, oh, you know, a week and a half is at home, fortunately, against 
the top dog Seattle. Yeah. So, before we get into that, finally get a win against those guys. Well, it's at home. Uh, before we get that, guys, though, uh, three games ago, I said we should get nine points out of these next three games. Seven points would be okay. Well, guess what? We got seven points, and it's okay, but it's not great. It is okay. It it, it should have been nine. At it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. It, after getting the win in Portland, that was the tricky part for me. Uh, but getting the after getting the win in Portland, we should have capitalized on all nine. Yep. So yeah. that's yeah, it's seven points at this point is a bit of a disappointment here. It, so, it is, you know, you, you talk, I mean, there is a lot of, um, you know, you, the Western Conference, I mean, even like some, you know, Dave, David Sterling, a former producer and host of this podcast, you know, I was kind of surprised at his lack of, uh, let's say, disappointment from the result um i think yeah. he was the most cool-headed out of all of us actually after the result um yeah. and he because he credit he, and he, i think he had a good point I, again i'm not going to quote him and i'm just paraphrasing what i saw hardly even paraphrasing but i think his point was basically um you know this is mls there's a lot of parody throughout this league most teams in this league you know except for a, a few are very competitive week to week even yep. a team like San Jose, they're dangerous. You know, you look at the Western Conference from number one all the way down to the bottom. You know, they're all those teams, they're they can be competitive on any given night. And the problem is I think you look at whether you're talking about the top of the, you know, exception to Seattle, but the rest of the teams down the list, they've gone through their hot and cold streaks. So it's a matter of timing when you catch these teams. Like who knows? We don't know what, yeah, we we said that San Jose had gone through you know, a rough patch for the last couple months, basically, especially in the last couple of games. But I mean, who knows, this could be the start of something for them. They might go on a hot run. So it, any, any team in the Western conference, MLS and whole is capable of beating any team on any given night. And, and that's why I said, this is the hardest league to bet on. I don't bet on MLS. I don't, well, I don't do a lot of sports betting anyways, but I certainly wouldn't be betting a lot on the MLS because it's a tough league to predict. A lot, it really is. You bet on sports all the time. I say. I used to. I used to, yeah. Tony. To be fair, yeah. I used yeah. to, but I don't so yeah. much anymore. Uh, and especially because it's 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 sports are uh, it's the best reality TV you can Crap watch shit. because it's very unpredictable and especially so in the MLS. So. Let's talk briefly, guys. Let's talk about the rest of the month because it is a crazy month for this team. Um, San Jose, which we tied, we had Colorado on Wednesday. And then after a two-week break, we've got Seattle at home, which is going to be a crazy game. Then we've got uh, Portland at home on the 24th. Yep. Another game we should – I mean, that should be a win. And then, good Lord, on the 28th, we've got LAFC away. LAFC, yep. And which is, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we've got – on the 31st, we've got Vancouver away. Yep. which is nuts yep. craziness. So, you know, it's going to be a crazy month, guys. We'll it see is. what happens. I'm not going to make any predictions about what we're going to do, but it is what it is. At least they got a week and a half break to uh, kind of get prepared for that stretch. So yeah. That is an interesting stretch coming up. Yeah. To look forward to. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Connor's got 10 more minutes. Cause he's got a, uh, what, what are you doing tonight? Connor? Uh, we, my wife and I have friends over tonight. So friends. What are you guys going to do? You're going to have uh, some, 
games. We got some game nights. Yeah, like we got a game night going on. You can play like Trigger Pursuit or you can play Monopoly. Uh, our we have a bunch of different games that we play. Mm. Um, our favorite one is a game called Secret Hitler, though. You ever heard of that one? Never, no. Secret um, Hitler. Yeah, it's one of those deception games, you know, Jeez. where you have you have a certain role that you're given, but uh, nobody knows what role you are. There's like a so oh. in this one, there's a team of liberals and a team of fascists, and one of the fascists is Hitler, and the goal of the fascists is to get Hitler elected chancellor, and the goal of the liberals is either to pass uh, enough liberal policies uh, during the game or to kill Hitler. What the. What kind it's, of games are these, Connor? Seriously, it's so much fun, actually. This is I, young, you young kids and your games, I tell you what. <laughs> is, is this something, is this a board game that you can buy, like, in a Target? Or yeah. is this something yeah, that's a Target? Yeah. You can buy as a Target? Really? Yeah, I, I don't know about Target, but you can get it on, like, Amazon or oh. or, or uh, Walmart or something like that. Yeah. What's the game we always, I mean, the, what's the game we play all the time? It's, uh, what is that? It's well, like a black yeah, box. Doesn't your Black, wife like you talking about cards uh, against humanity? Yeah, we play that's cards what, against humanity all the time. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was or gonna say. That's know your I'm meme. Not. We play know your meme all the what time. What do you too. meme? Yeah. What do you meme? Yeah, we play that all the time. Yeah. But Jiminy Christmas. That's just yeah. that's what? That's so oh no, it's 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 a lot, it's a lot less uh uh shall we, we say extreme as it's than it sounds. Well yeah, it sounds it, ex- it sounds extreme when you say fascists. <laughs> Yeah, killing Hitler. Hitler. As soon as you mentioned Hitler, yeah. As soon as you mentioned Hitler and fascists, I assumed it was Germany, kind of like Christmas. a risk, a risk type game where, like, you're not. Is it risk? It's global domination. That kind of. Oh game. yeah. That mixed no, up, it's but. not like that at all. It's just uh, hmm. this is this is pre World War II. Hitler hasn't Good even been elected yet, so it's well, um, okay. Yeah, that kind of. Dream. Um, Changing the subject up a little bit, uh, Tony, uh, I have a question for you. Let's go. Um, tomorrow, your mm-hmm. Italy plays against Spain. Yeah, I know. You think they'll win? Of course they will. Yeah? Because they're I Italy. Think- you know what the fact of the matter is, Connor? And I, I've said this on the podcast. I think last week I said on the podcast and probably the week before, Italy's a totally different team this year. I mean, they, they, are. they are an attacking team, right? They get out, they attack, they attack, they attack. Got some great players. Spain, yeah, um, Spain, Spain has not looked great. This yeah, tournament. Been, hold hold yeah. on. Let's say this about Spain. I, I you know what? I, I, I completely agree with you. That being said, doesn't this kind of remind you of the Spain team that we saw nearly a decade ago? Say no. in their prime, no. where no. they would no. win. They would win these games one no. to nil, one to no. nil. They would just no. dominate possession. No, 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 when they had Xavi Hernandez, they had Andres Iniesta and David yeah. Villa. Okay, fair enough. Then this is about, a Connor. Connor, question to you. Yes, uh, your England plays uh, the darlings of the tournament uh, for good reason. Denmark on yeah. Wednesday. That's How do you right. feel about that? I feel good. I feel good about our odds. And actually, that's where I was going with this. Um, so uh, I, I feel good about England. England looked great against Ukraine. Uh, and they beat uh, their longtime rivals, Germany, which I have felt so I, I was watching that game. I felt so special about because I'm good. living in England. We had sure. uh, strong feelings about uh, beating the Germans and we always have to beat the Germans, you know? Yeah. And uh, so we finally beat them in a, in a, uh, in a major tournament. That was so cool. And then we beat Ukraine in such a, 
um, in, in such a dominating fashion. Now we've got Denmark. I will say that, uh, you know, Denmark, I've, I've always kind of been pulling for. If they weren't playing against England um, in this uh, tomorrow, on Wednesday, then I would might be cheering for them in their game. Uh, but I think I like England's odds, which is why I'm going to pose another question to you, Tony. Um, yeah. Italy versus England in the final. If it turns out that way, what do you say you meet down? What do you say we meet down at Brit's Pub and watch the game down there? You know what the funny thing is, Connor. I was just out, you no know, craziness. I, honest to God, I was about to say that. Yeah. If England meets Italy in the Euro final, we're going to go to Brit's on Sunday, next Sunday, and watch that final there at Brit's Pub because well, that's gonna be crazy. And it would be this coming Sunday, right? Yeah. Yes, it would. Well, well it's coming Count, come to count me in. Monday. Count me in because we'll yeah. have to get there early. But I'll oh, yeah. say this: yeah. as an as a at this point in the tournament, I have basically turned into a relatively neutral observer. I've always kind of pulled for England, but I mean, I'm at this point, I am call me neutral. But that is the final that I hope to see. I hope to see yeah. England Italy final. That's what yeah. I'm. Well, and, and guys, I you know I went to this tournament. Uh, I love Italy. I've always loved Italy. I love Finland too because that's. A, part of my heritage as well finland loss it is what it is but mm. if italy had lost too i'd still be enjoying this tournament because i love watching those games i love yeah. watching these teams play there is so much suspense yeah so much talent on these teams oh. it's ridiculous yeah the for, great for me, soccer you see yeah. for me it's every two years it's just euphoria mm -hmm. soccer euphoria because i mean yeah for me it's you know the world cup is is 1a but the euros are 1b mm -hmm. and i mean i don't get me wrong i like seeing the brazils and argentinas in tournaments where's, where's the, but i'm most fascinated by european soccer and so it's really the euros other than the usa where's the gold I'm cup looking. at where's the gold cup at is that like one <laughs> z hey. As a as a big time USA soccer fan, men and women, I, Gold Cup is is good, and I get excited for it, but not like I would get excited for World Cup qualifiers, oh, which we have coming up in September. And we've been we've been to the Gold Cup before, Dave. We've been yes, there. we have. We've yeah, seen it. There. It's good. It's fantastic. It's it's it, it is, is what it is. It, it's the biggest you know tournament for us yeah. here in North America. So I mean, you've got to get behind it, and I do. It just doesn't have that globalization the global yeah. effect that the euros do the euros have a global effect even though it's european soccer it has a global viewership and it everybody gets, goes crazy and that's why i look at world cup and euros on a you know 1ab 1a 1b type thing and, and that's why we got spoiled this year because this is euro 2020 even though we're in 2021 so at the end of next year already there's a world cup coming so yeah. we, as soccer well, fans we're lucky Think so about, uh, what else is coming our way too? You've got the gold cup uh, coming yeah. here, but then at the end of, uh, at the end of this year, actually, I think the beginning of 2022, we've also got the African nations cup, which Ramon Metanier will be playing, mm. playing in uh, for Madagascar. Um, and then uh, we've got uh, world cup qualifying coming. Um, hopefully yeah. one coming to Allianz field. We don't know that yet, but. Uh, well, it's, it's going to happen, Connor. It's going to yeah. happen. This is now. I've been seeing a lot of rumors on social media and other news sites saying that Allianz Field is going to be the new kind of the fortress yeah. for this the team, Manfra, the right? new, and, the and new shout, Columbus. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Nick on Twitter. Is it like mm -hmm. I, I keep, I mean, I follow Nick on Twitter. I'm sorry mm -hmm. for not having the last name, but the, 
very prominent account in the loons world uh he keeps mm -hmm. saying today would be a good day to announce uh Allianz field as a uh mm -hmm. as a site of world cup qualifier yeah and yeah. i agree totally agree yeah so connor you're right if italy is uh facing england on sunday at two o'clock we'll be at brit's pub yes i'll be there Dave will be, Dave will be there i'm sure sterling will be there yep. uh john well, i don't think johnny can come but we'll be there and yep. it'll be a fun time um before we get out of here guys i was going to say a funny story but we got into this whole talk so we'll save that for later but um there was a guy on twitter do you get did you guys follow the guy on twitter who was looking for an mls team he listens to our podcast yeah he yeah. listens to our podcast he is now pa loons yeah, yeah. pa loon um and has some nice uh, back and forth with him uh on the twitter uh, i don't want to say welcome to the the loons uh squad uh thanks for listening to our podcast because he obviously listened because he talked about my rant about uh grass uh on the last podcast which you know that could have gone for another 15 30 minutes on that shit. um but yeah it's great to have uh new fans come on yeah. board and we're always welcoming um I loved his uh, style of doing it on Twitter, of having a whole map of all the uh, MLS teams. I was knocking them off every couple of days and saying, well, yeah, they're in Canada. So no, 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 no. These teams are, no, nope, no, nope, can't do this one, this one, this one, this one. And then when he was down to like the last three, there was a fight between, I think, Columbus and Nashville. Their Twitter fans were like getting into it on the, on the Twitter. And then he's decided to go with the loons. I was like, oh, there you go. Because we don't, well, we didn't get into that stuff. I'm, we don't. I might be a bit biased, but I think he made a good choice with the yeah, Of course he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course he did. We've got yeah. a uh, strong fan base and a welcoming fan base, you know, with that yeah. without a doubt. So I, I think he's made a good choice. And PA Loon, well, we're glad to have you. Does he live in Pennsylvania? Then he must or? live in Pennsylvania. Uh, well, oh yeah. yeah, I should say that. I'm sorry. I'm just assuming the PA stood for, for stood for Pennsylvania. Right. Um, yeah. Sorry if I'm wrong. I'm so sorry, but that's what I was well, assuming. But well, if yeah. I'm wrong, if I would love to know. Let us know. Yeah, if you're yeah. listening, if you're ever in uh, Minneapolis, uh, just uh, hit us up. We'll meet you at a game. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. you know, PA Loon, uh, if you have the uh, Zoom, we might get you on a podcast at some point. Uh, yeah. It'd be nice to have you come on and talk about your experience of finding an MLS team to uh, follow. And we're glad we love you guests. Yeah, we'd love that. Love, love guests. That sounds yeah. like a really interesting. Uh, I'm sure it would be. Yeah. yeah, and uh, he's I mean, he's on Twitter all the time, and he looks like he's a fun time. So, yeah. um, Connor, you have uh, some activities to go to. Yes, I do. I'm afraid. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So we're gonna get out of here. But uh, before we go, guys, we'll probably talk what next. So, well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk next Saturday because we had a game Wednesday. We'll talk next Saturday. And we'll talk about the Loons game on Wednesday. We'll also talk about Euro Cup because hopefully Italy versus England is happening. Yes. And then we'll talk about what's going to happen the next day after that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to hold you to this. What if it ends up being Spain, Denmark? I'm not going to Brits for that. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't go to I'm not Brits saying for you, that. No, but... that's not. I wouldn't suggest you should. I'm just saying, are we still going to have a podcast? Well, we'll I talk about that. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have a podcast. Okay. okay. We're talking about Damn. Minnesota, Colorado on the podcast. Yeah, why, why would you, why would you, you say that? Minnesota, Colorado. 
Why would you say we're not going to have a podcast today? I'm not saying we wouldn't. I just want to hold you to it. That's all. Well, okay. For the record, if it is Spain versus Denmark, I'm cheering Denmark. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. Well, yeah. probably. If, if it's, you know, I mean, Spain or England, England, Italy, I'm torn because technically I'm not an English football supporter but i love you know i love the english premier league and i love a lot of the lineup that england puts out on the pitch day after day in this tournament especially so it'd be tough for me not to root for england we might have to get we might have to, I mean, it's two o'clock game we have to get down there like 11 o'clock i know I, i'm I, serious I i'm serious yeah no, you, i'm you, serious i remember Actually, the world cup final was uh in 2000 in 2010 uh, i think it was when the line out uh was around the corner at yeah I'll tell you what, um, I have a little experience this year with with Brits. I was down there with David Sterling for the uh, Champions League final uh, with Chelsea. Oh. Of course, David yeah. Sterling's a big Chelsea fan. Um, th- there was a line. We got there at opening, and I f- there was a line. Clearly, there was a line before opening, just so you guys but, know. But this is England. This is a whole, this is a whole country. Yeah, right. I'm saying you might need the British pub. Right, British that's pub, why I'm yeah. saying you might need to consider getting down there well before opening. To get well, I'm on. sure they open at like 11. I'm right. just yeah. saying you may yeah. have to get there before opening. There are not going to be many I mean, not gonna be many Italians down there, I'm sure. I will say, I will say this. If if the weather is nice, I mean, they've got a load of space. And you guys well, know of course that, they do. Yeah. Outdoor, yeah. Outdoors with a big there. screen. So. Yeah. I'll wear the jersey. So I'll, wear the, I'll wear the jersey. Even though it doesn't really fit me anymore. I mean, it's a Puma jersey. Those are a little tight. Uh, so I want to thank, say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can some scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Myself, Tony, for Dave and Connor. We'll talk to you guys in like a week. Sounds great. Good deal. Awesome.